The Dragon We Read is brought to you by the Armadillo Podcasting Club. Did you know that in the summer, armadillos return to their spawning ground to mate and produce more armadillos? It just so happens that their spawning ground is Atlanta, and it just so happens that JordanCon is happening at the same time. So we figure, you know, since we're going to be there anyway, we'll go to JordanCon this year. Right, but we'll, we'll hold off spawning until after the convention is over. Immediately <laughs> after the convention is over. Like the, the minute I walk out the door. Yeah, it's going to be a spawn fiesta. <laughs> armadillo spawn fiesta. That's the, the, the postscript for JordanCon. <laughs> right. Uh, so that's, that's going to be July 16th through 18th in Atlanta. Yeah, if you're there, please, please, please come up and say hi to us. We'll be wearing shirts with our faces obnoxiously all over them. Don't be put off by our clammy sweat and our failure to make eye contact. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually pretty normal for us, but yeah, we'll do our best. <laughs> for more armadillo-related facts, to find out how you can access episodes a day early, and to check out our other podcasts, visit us at armadillo.club. Wheel of Time turns and ages come and pass, leaving memories that become podcasts. Hello there, welcome to the Dragon Reread. We're rereading Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time series of fantasy novels. I am Jeff Lake. I'm Alice Sullivan. And I'm Michael Sparkman. And today we're covering chapters 24 through 26 of Knife of Dreams, book 11 of the Wheel of Time. Finally figured out what book number it is. You're doing really well. <laughs> Previously, Rand teleports into the Stone of Tear where his reps have finally sorted out the Rebel Uprising. That would be something to celebrate if Min's visions weren't insisting that half the small folk are going to die of starvation. The sea folk are having a big business meeting where Loghain calls on them to honor their deal with the dragon by becoming his fantasy doordash for Arad Daman. We close out with the rebel tower accepting an offer from the dragon to bond his Ashaman. They see an immediate payoff as one of the Ashaman uh, helps them immediately solve their murder mystery. Hard to top results like that. <laughs> True. Yeah. Chapter 24, Honey in the Tea. Icon of the Tarvalon flame. So we're uh, back to this uh, abuse for Egwene thing, right? This is what? I think we're on round three of Egwene being like in a horrible torture situation. Yeah, and she's into it now. Well, like, she's a pro, right? Like, at yeah. this point, this is, she's like, okay, look, you're, this is honestly the, 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 the crappiest beatings I've had, right? Because uh, the Shan Chan, I mean, they're like pro, they're they're like torture experts, yeah, right? Yeah, they, they get this whole magic mind control thing, really difficult to deal with. Yeah. A very very hard torture situation to take on as your first one. Yeah, the wise ones are just hard asses, and they don't give a shit if you're broken and crying, right? Right, but they like pain too, so they're kind of into it. Yeah, but the 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 sister was it the master of novices? What's her name? Sylviana. Yeah, yeah, Sylviana, the mistress of novices. Yeah, she uh, she's like, oh, you know what? I'm gonna heal you twice a day. You know, I know, because I don't want to. I don't want to hurt you too much. This is weak sauce, and she hits her with like a, a slipper, like a slipper. <laughs> yeah, at yeah. first, and and again, not like. The slipper that she's wearing, she has a slipper in a cabinet. I was just like, really, guys? <laughs> <laughs> this is not my this is not my walking around slipper. This is my beaten slipper. So, my beaten yes. slipper. <laughs> uh, and I like how Egwene's like old hand at this torture, and she's like, okay, yeah, scream during the torture, and then gather yourself later. You know, keep yourself in the right headspace for this. Uh huh. It was it was <laughs> smooth. Yeah. yeah, she's doing great. I, I mean, and she's got this whole quiet rebellion thing going, and. Like, it seems like it's kind of working out for her, you this, know? This was cool. I love this. Yeah. I mean, it does It does seem to be frequently resulting in more beatings. Like, that, that's, every time she does it, it's like, all right, back to go, back to get my ass beat. Yeah, but, but, you know. but I think, for one, she knows that they're not going to go too far, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. They're not going to kill her or hurt her seriously or anything like that. They're really just going to spank her a lot. Yeah. 
And again, she's like, eh, you know, whatever. Yeah, that's that's fine. I, I'm willing to get spanked a whole bunch for my goal of reuniting the tower and, and standing firm against Harman Gadon. Mm-hmm. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, I just cannot stop thinking this entire time that they are so fucked and they don't even know it yet. Yes. No, <laughs> they have nothing. They have no frame of reference to to, to figure out what to deal with it's, a Gwen. It's like right? the poison is filling the tower and they don't know. <laughs> it's just like it's one thing after that. Like when she first meets the novices, there's this whole thing where. Uh, one of them trips her or something. And it's like, oh, okay. But then she just like looks at her and just like says something, and they're like, <gasps> yeah. It's like she's already building this legend around her, like from the ground up. You yeah, know? because she can't be broken, and she's impressing everybody, and she still claims to be the Armorlin seat, and she won't curtsy to anybody because the Armorlin seat doesn't curtsy, and she doesn't care how many times they spank her. <laughs> yeah, the, I, there's the, the in her very first class. There's this moment where because they're. The classes are taught by acceptance. She's like, oh, oh, yeah. I'm so sorry, you know? <laughs> and the, one of the acceptance like, make some fireballs. And she's like, oh, you want fireballs? Oh, I'll make fireballs. She makes like 12 different colored fireballs and different color. Oh, is it? No, it's is it not 12. How many Ajas are there? Seven. There's seven different color Ajas. And then she makes little rings around and she's like juggling them. And the acceptance is like, okay, I, did, I just when I said fireballs, I meant like, little, you know, shitty little fireballs, man. You're yeah. making me look bad. Egwene's like, can we learn traveling? Oh, wait, motherfucker. I know how to do that. And you don't. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> What's on the syllabus next? Heating stuff up? Oh, that's cute. Yeah. That's nice. Did you guys learn how to turn chains back into iron? Yeah. <laughs> no? Oh, yeah. Still, still stuck with those Quindlar chains, huh? Let me tell you a story about the time I was, you know, doing Shanchen torture training. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> And so Leanne is there too, luckily, and she's in like a nice cushy cell. Yeah, I know. This is like, she's in prison, but like, come on. I mean, this is like, <laughs> this is a very swanky prison. Yeah. And like so Egwene and Leanne come up with a plan for like what, what, what seeds they're going to plant of dissension everywhere they go. Yeah. Cause I guess everyone's visiting Leanne because they are fascinated by her as somebody who was stilled and now is not stilled anymore, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Uh, but and they're, I guess they're also trying to uh, get her to teach them the secret weaves that. that uh, they of course, right? yeah. Is Leanne considered Aes Sedai by them again? Unclear. So yeah, yeah. She, they, she did talk about this a little bit. That Leanne has declared herself of, of, of the green Aja now. She was blue before, mm-hmm. but she changed Ajas. And the the green are sort of like scouting her a little bit, but they're not yeah. sure what to make of her. Yeah, right? They're not, they're not saying no. Like they're kind of into it. So I think that. She is Aes Sedai, which is why she's in the cushy cells. She's not in, like, the black, we're going to hang you cells. Mm-hmm. She's just sort of in the, you know, I hope you've learned your lesson cells. So did she go, she, did she do the oath, oaths again? Not yet, no. Yeah, I don't think they know that she's not bound by the oaths yet. Yeah, that, this, oh. this, is, this is, again, kind of, like, unprecedented. So they don't right. even know. The people in the tower don't know that the ageless face comes from the oath rod. Mm. Also... Uh, the people in Saladar don't know that she's not bound by the oath, if you might recall. Oh, yeah, that's right. They don't. Yeah. <laughs> like the, or not the, I guess not in Saladar. The rebels also don't know that she's bound by it. It's and kind they, of a secret. Yeah. And they, because of their, their personal blind spots, they don't know that she's working for Egwene still. That's yeah. right. Yeah, it, this, is, this, is a, this is, again, really bad for the White Tower. Yeah, and, they, and because Egwene keeps disrupting the accepted classes, they arrange a bunch of one-on-one lessons with a bunch of Aes Sedai. Just like mistake, mistake. <laughs> I know. It's like every every lesson, she's like, "Oh, so uh, what do you think about those things that Live did?" They're like, "Well, I really don't like." Hey, stop that! <laughs> uh, yeah, like there's one where she's meeting with one of the, I think it's a, a member of the Brown Aja, and they're having like a discussion and uh, about like history or something. And she's like, "Well, there's all these secret histories that uh, they don't normally tell people." Oh, I guess I shouldn't have told you about that. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the Brown Aja's like. See, what, hold on, hold on. Secret histories? And she's like, oh, I probably shouldn't say anymore. But if you wanted to find it, this is where they are. Yeah. 
Egwene's uh, playing this real well. Yeah, yeah. you know, right. yeah, secret is, you know, the ones that say about how, you know, you can get rid of the Amarlin seed if she's really bad? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I guess you wouldn't want to know about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, hypothetically, if an Amarlin was really bad and then the uh, the Hall did nothing about it, you might mutiny or something. This has happened a couple times, only twice in the past, but, you know, I mean... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, that's great. It's it's so cool. It's so cool watching her go about this, and I really respected how she was able to like accept the torture element of it, and it, as part of the price of her her goal. Yeah, and she still is feeling pain. She hasn't become some sort of insane like non-human. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's 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 interesting. This like accepting the pain thing that she's doing. I, I'm not sure if I've ever seen anything quite like it because it's not like. That, you know, you, you you hear in fantasy and always like, oh, I turn off the pain, I ignore the pain, but she's not doing that. She's like, I'm crying, I'm screaming, but once the pain is done, then I'm done, you know? Yeah. So it's 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 an interesting approach. It seems to be working really well for her. There's, lo- uh, there's a lot more mentions of pillow friends this time. This visit Yeah, that's just right on, out there now. Yeah. Okay. But it's, but it's yeah. also, but yeah, yeah, they do talk about pillow friends, uh explicitly now and it seems pretty clear yeah. that's some kind of yeah I think this is a Robert Jordan thing I think kind of in the time periods that these books were made uh, it became a much more uh, normal thing to talk about lesbianism or, or homosexuality and so mm-hmm. he's saying basically yeah well yeah of course yeah there, there, there still doesn't seem to be like male homosexuality in the books but you know it seems like there's right maybe we'll get there but maybe we haven't <laughs> hung out with the Ashaman enough that's mm. a good point yeah maybe the maybe Ashaman have pillow friends too uh, the, the tower is in flux, like all the other palaces we've been to lately. It's it's changing shape and, and layout. Yeah, and it's really freaking out the novices because yeah. apparently the Aes Sedai aren't like talking to them about this at all. They're just letting right. them kind of yeah. wig out about it, you know? Because the Aes Sedai kind of suck. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's true. And so they start looking to Egwene. They're you know freaking out about a lot of stuff, and Egwene becomes their sort of advisor on everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the novices. I get, essentially start to tr- they, they recognize that she's something different right they're like okay she's not she's yes she's dressed like a novice but she's not a novice you know uh, so she they kind of start treating her as the Amelin a, a bit right yeah. like yeah she, she wins them over just by acting the part yeah and, even, and Elida being you know so awful yeah and even the even the accepted are not exactly sure what to do with her because you know at first they were like okay she's a novice we're gonna beat her down but she makes the point that it's like they almost are doing it just because they feel like that there's what they're supposed to do mm-hmm. and she doesn't react to it so they finally just stop doing it because they're like okay well right um, yeah she's clearly something different you know yeah she's getting them used to her presence it's like like from the ground up it's just like this is this is this coup is like already happening you know <laughs> they, they don't even know i know no. uh oh man but when alviaran approaches her that was hilarious. Like, so first of all, yeah. Aviarn appears and crows first off in the background. It's like, okay. Well, no. <laughs> uh, and then she's like, can I tempt you with escape, child? And she's like, nah, I'm actually kind of good with, with where I am right now. Yeah. And Salvin's like, I kind of like the way this is going. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, no, you should escape. And, and Egwene's like, I, I mean, like, honestly, I've got a good thing going here, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Aviarn hates it. <laughs> yeah, right. For, I, understandably, right? Like, if, you, if you, this isn't really ex- explicitly stated, but Alviarin is tasked with like bringing down the White Tower essentially from the inside. Yeah. Uh, but if Egwene brings it down in her way, then it's like this is going to make the White Tower strong well, I, again, right? I think what Alviarin is thinking is that they're going to break Egwene and that will be the end of the rebellion. And Alviarin wants the rebellion to continue because she's a dark friend. Okay. I didn't know if maybe she thought that Egwene was. Uh, that's, that makes more sense than Alviarin somehow realizing what Egwene is up to. Yes. Yeah. My, my, my thought was Alviara knows that she's about to end this 
this rebellion the other way, you know? Yeah. Which but, would be bad for Alvira. But luckily for Egwene, she's like, take a hike, sketchazoid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She, and, and, and Egwene, for what it's worth, Egwene does sort of recognize that, that she's acting really weird. And I think, so we know that Egwene knows that she's being sent for penance and she knows that she is against Delida essentially, but not exactly why, you know? Yeah. And she also meets Bayonin and uh, manipulates Bannon back onto her side using the oath and the rod. The, I know. I was like, Bannon just like gets trapped in like a little logic thing. And it's yeah. like, all right, yeah, I guess I did kind of betray her. My oath. So what do, what do we need to do? You know, so he's got like a whole network. Right, yeah, it, was, it was interesting. This It was interesting how this tells us how the oaths work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because Bannon was all like, well, I, I figured you weren't Armelin Seed anymore and you got captured. And Gwen's like, but I am. So you still work for me, right? And she's like, yeah, I guess I do. <laughs> <laughs> it's something we talked about before that it, it prevents you from lying, but it doesn't prevent you from saying things that are untrue. And that kind of that kind of that kind of informs what's happening here. Is she's she convinced herself that the situation had changed, and now she realizes that that yeah, she actually it's, tries to say something that she doesn't actually believe, and she of, physically cannot. Yeah, she can't. Like she she didn't even realize she didn't believe that until she tried to say it, and and. Didn't. Yeah, it reminds me of that moment a couple of books ago when the uh, the Black Aja hunters inside the tower first capture someone and they they give her conflicting orders and she almost chokes. Mm, yeah, and I was yeah. like, okay, this is this is kind of how it works. It's like you really can't, you physically can't do the the, the wrong thing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, so she she tasks Bannon with warning all the the spies in the tower and, and getting the old network back together. Yeah, th- this is interesting because so. I'm trying to keep track because this has been spread out a bit. So the Black Aja Hunters have found out all of the spies on the inside, right? Through their through their connection thing. Because the yeah. first person they caught was not Black Aja, but was one of the spies. And they forced her to tell them. So they know. Elida knows who they all are. And hasn't told anyone else and won't tell anyone else. Because she's an idiot. Because she's mm-hmm. an idiot, right. And she doesn't trust anyone. So uh, essentially you have this, you have these two factions within the tower that are both aware of these spies but nobody's doing anything about it which is kind of an interesting place to be mm-hmm. uh, and now Egwene is well at least has a connection to all of them even if she doesn't you know directly con- contact him so she has her own network on the inside too yeah I guess Egwene is probably going to find this Black Aja hunting network pretty soon that would be my thought is like this is where this is going and she's going to connect with them and then she's going to have something really interesting you know yeah wow because she knows about some Black Aja right some actual honest to goodness ones right Duh, I don't know if she does inside the tower they're outside the tower for sure but I don't think inside the tower yeah, wow um, th- there's this there's this interesting kind of thing where based on this conversation Egwene and Leanne logic out that Bannon hasn't fully betrayed them based on the fact that the sisters in the tower don't know about traveling, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is not true. Elida just hasn't told anyone about it. Right? Like, it, it wasn't their whole thing where Bannon was telling her all these... We- she, she was outing all these, like, secrets and stuff, but I don't know if we ever got to the point where she actually taught him traveling. So remember there's this moment where she's saying, you're not to teach anyone these weaves except for me without my permission. Oh, so probably maybe Elida knows it. And, I think so. And Elida just didn't share it with anybody. I think that's the deal. Basically, Elida's just such a jerk that like she, she hasn't shared this information with anyone else, which is... Again, completely shooting herself in the foot, right? Yeah. Was that the scene when when Bannon was like, "Oh yeah, I won't do it without the Armorlin's permission." Yes, exactly. Okay. Right. And that's why I thought maybe uh, she had left herself a loophole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah. So then, at last, uh, Egwene starts making progress with Sylviana herself. <laughs> no. Gets her chatting. Yeah, she's like in this moment where, she, like, right what is it, right after punishment, she's like, "Well, you know, just having a little conversation." She's like, "Hold on there, Egwene. I see <laughs> yeah. what you're doing." <laughs> 
Oh man, it's great. It's yeah, so good. She's like, it seems like this edict that Elida put out violates tower law. And she's like, well, you know, it's kind of like on the edge, and it really probably wouldn't have stuck if they had. Wait a second, Wait hold just on now. <laughs> uh, also, among the very interesting conversations she has, she gets approached by Matt and Stephanaeus uh, here as well. Yeah, right. Yeah. The king of Ilion. Yeah. I was like, oh yeah, he's still hanging around. Yeah, and, and he's like. <laughs> they don't want him talking to her, obviously, for very obvious reasons, right? right yeah. And I, I could kind of start to like that guy. I know, like, <laughs> I'm freaking king. I'll talk to who I want. I should die. <laughs> so he talks to her, and he's like, "Well, you know, why to save my life?" And I was going to get murdered. She's like, "You know, I, hey man, I know. I grew up in a suit. He was not going to murder you." Also, here's all the stuff that they've been telling you that's wrong. By the way, yeah, so I'm like, "Shut up! <laughs> don't tell him." Yeah, Rand could not have planned that better himself. Oh, having man. her in there, no, I yeah, know, right, yeah. yeah, this is fantastic. It's so um, good. It's it's this is this is really enjoyable to read because I'm this just is, like I'm loving really the way fun. it's working. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, I've mentioned before that I. I don't like Egwene a lot, but watching her happen to all these other people that I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is this is this is this is exactly what I like about Egwene is this this mastermind that she's sort of evolved into through the course of the books, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I really enjoy this this sub arc or whatever, you know. Right. I just um, love that um, in between Egwene and Nynaeve, they're gonna like win the war for him. I know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's like I was saying before. I had this idea that all of his little. Uh, his, all of his friends that are out there in the world independently doing things are going to sun, like one by one bring him big chunks of whatever you know I think I think Matt's going to bring in the the Shanchen I think uh, Perrin's going to somehow bring in the Shido I think that uh, Nynaeve is going to bring him the the the, the Borderlands because I don't think it's just Malkyrie I think they're going to gain more than just Malkyrie sure, in that yeah. right because mm-hmm. Land's like a fucking legend right like everyone's like Everyone wants land, you know. Uh, of course, Shinar yeah. at least. He's the he's the sexiest man in all the land. Um, I don't know. Perrin's dead weight, man. You know, no, no, man. I, I, I really think that he's going to bring this this whole sh- this whole thing home uh, somehow. Rand just needs to show up with him and be like, "You can have Fayil back if you deliver me the you know whoever the fuck the Shido." I, I mean, he's got the two rivers, I guess. Fayil, but, you know. Fayil? <laughs> okay, Perrin will do that. <laughs> Perrin needs his dick wet again. <laughs> You know he's got a, he's got a source, man. He has a wolf's passions. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, and then of course, uh, yeah, Gwyn's going to bring in the White Tower. So I mean, like he's got even if he doesn't know it, he's got a lot of people like spinning plates for him. Yep. This chapter uh, ends with something kind of cool, where uh, Egwene, after one of her many beatings, goes downstairs <laughs> to breakfast, and the novices all stand up when she arrives, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they like put like a they put like a cushion down for her because you know she's been beaten, and they serve her breakfast, and they don't they won't sit down, and it's like we're like they're they're tracking it for us, like this is ten days in, and a light <laughs> is. <laughs> Posed. Like right, this, yeah. this is oh man. She's can, lost the bottom half of the tower. Yeah, I know this is this is really bad for Elida. And I love it. Yeah, it's really cool. This I can't think of anyone else I'd rather see uh fall on her ass and, than Elida. And of course, speaking of asses, Egwene does not sit down on the cushion because the pain is an old friend. That's right. And they're just like, Oh, so cool. <laughs> <laughs> so chapter twenty five. Attending Elida, like another dice. So Tarna Fair goes to Elida. She's the the keeper. What is it called? The keeper of the yeah. The, seals? Keep, keep the keeper of the, of the seals. Yeah. Yeah, and she's also, I believe, in earlier tap, chapters, is she the one who was tasked with basically selling the uh, the idea of bonding Ashaman in the tower? Like she's t- thinking about this. Is it because I remember yes. there was this meeting with the the leader of the Red Aja, who was a secret, obviously. Yeah, but, Sutama. Yeah, right. So this is this is her job, right? It's like she's supposed to be making this kind of yeah. She's like sort of the 
She's sort of like the, the red Aja person who gets things done. Yeah. She was also the ambassador to Saladar, remember? Yeah, that's right. I did I did forget about that. Yeah. Either way, this is a pretty hard sell, I, I think. Right. She's still trying to figure out how to do it, and she doesn't know how. <laughs> and she's only allowed to, and she's only allowed to use the red Aja, which is like, okay, this is like a whole this yeah. is like an impossible task. Who in the red Aja can you get to bond Ashaman, who they when most of them just hate men by principle, right? Yep. And so she goes to meet Elida. Elida is still tyrannical and deluded. She's in the midst of this weird seduction with Maidani, uh, which is one of the Saladar rebels. Yeah. 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 Uh, and and I, I believe somebody pressured Maidani into getting close to Elida, though I don't remember why. Yeah. Like, there, wasn't there someone who was like, you, have to, you should rekindle your friendship with Elida? Well, Pavara? I, that, I, I think Pavara maybe did this. I, I'm trying oh to remember. Gosh, I've forgotten, but... It, but it's weird because Maidani does not seem to be doing a good job, right? Sitting there being terrified of Elida, but Elida's kind of into it, so she is doing a good job. Yeah, right? I know, I know. It's just like this whole this whole interaction is like real weird, but it seems to be working, I guess. I mean, whatever whatever this is, right? Yeah. Uh, it, and it's kind of a weird uh, internal conversation that Tarna has about this this too, because she's like, oh. You know, I said I shouldn't have pillow friends because that's a thing for kids or something. I was like, okay, well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And there's a lot of stuff here where Tana's like, well, Elida should hear this, but I'm not going to tell her because she'll just shout at me. It's pointless. Yeah, it really feels like Elida is getting worse. Like, I'm getting, I'm starting to get this whole, like, Mad King vibe happening, you know? She's, like, drinking more, and she's, like, she, none of her advisors actually tell her the truth because yeah. she's like too too chaotic right. you know? and she she ordered the the sitters to stop the talks the negotiations and they just didn't yeah, yeah. And, and and now she's putting on an edict that two things first of all nobody wants to help her fix the chain situation because fuck her right <laughs> yeah so she's like if sitters don't do this and also quit the talks we're having them beaten you know and it's like okay this is how you get yourself Yes. Yeah. Do you right. not know what these talks are about? These talks are about you, Elida. <laughs> about whether they're going to throw you off the tower or something. Oh, yeah. This is totally how you get mutinied, you know? Yeah, it's, yeah she's just out of control. Mm-hmm. But the chain trick, speaking of, is totally working. They're not getting enough food. Mm-hmm. So uh, the siege is now on. For yeah. Real. And something I didn't even consider. So they, the, obviously the thing that you can't do anything with Quindalar. That's the, why this is so ingenious. Because you can't magic it away. Magic just makes it stronger, right? Uh, so they have to dismantle the towers. But the towers are also like magic, <laughs> magic yeah. spell rock or whatever. So they're like, okay, well, uh, that means we have to have Aes Sedai go down there and take these towers down for us. It's just like, yeah. this is, oh man, this is such a good play. Oh, yeah. by the way, she, she's also decided that she wants Egwene to start serving her dinner. And yeah, I was like, tonight. How is this going to go? <laughs> I know. Just... I, I was disappointed we didn't get to read about the scene yet. I, this is one of those ones where it cuts away, and I'm just like, no, I want to see what happens I next. I know, I'm looking forward to it. I really want to see Egwene serve a light of dinner. It's sort of like the lion ate the accepted, and so I sent the lion to the Aes Sedai, and it ate all the Aes Sedai. So now I'm going to have the lion serve me. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> this is... Oh, this is going to be Like, really, delicious. my only question is, Elida going to be smart enough to realize that Egwene is just owning her? I yeah. bet not. I, yeah, I yeah. can't imagine it, no. you know? She's just so blind to so many things. Yeah. So then we cut to Matt and yeah. crew, who are roughing it as they travel towards Murindy. 
Yeah, <laughs> Vannon just happens to have overheard a rumor about a smuggler's pack that he knows exactly where it is. <laughs> He's like, you know, I just heard this guy talking about the smuggler's pack. No, no, it's over here. <laughs> <laughs> that guy's cool. Oh, yeah. And the, apparently the dice are back to rumbling in Matt's head, but we don't uh, know what sure. that's about. I don't even something, pay attention to that anymore. I mean, always it always signifies something happening, but we, we have no information about it. So, yeah. This is literally a book about things happening. Yeah, I know. Right? It, could be, it could be anything at this point, right? <laughs> yeah. And uh, Matt, by the way, he's gotten some matches from Aludra, you mm-hmm. know, little fire starting sticks. Yeah. And he's mm-hmm. just like using light his pipe. <laughs> it's really convenient. <laughs> She's like, dude, it takes a long time to make those, you know? And he's like, but they were really good at lighting my pipe. <laughs> yeah. uh, so uh, during this, this pause, uh, Matt lets a poisonous snake go. And that prompts Tuan to per- permit him a kiss. Mm-hmm. And he gives her a bit of the, uh, you know, uh, hey, say no more, governor, you know? <laughs> Apparently it had some effect because she immediately wants to play doctor with him. <laughs> She's like, strip off. I need to so put ointment on your wounds. Was this whole thing, was it like a trick for her to take his temperature because he's got infected That's wounds? That's what I thought it was. Away? That's the way that she's playing it, but I don't think so. I think that I think that she was really into this and now she's like trying to like re redirect, right? Yeah, this was, I mean, I kind of see, this scene was kind of romantic, but... Like, all the people standing around and kind of laughing and cheering, that was weird, I yeah, thought. I mean, this whole this whole situation is, because he's like, oh, yeah, you know, we can you know, we can take a walk tonight. She's like, no, here, now, let's do it. And he's like, all right, well. Yeah, okay, yeah. let's go for it. And then, of course, she's like, hey, you, you've got a fever, and I've got the just the ointment. <laughs> no, literally, it's an ointment for your cuts. Yeah, they are infected as shit, bro. Yeah, I was really concerned about that. Like, infection back then is not anything to yeah, joke about. should be taking that seriously. Yeah. He, he probably, should be letting them heal. He probably him. has, like, several memories of dying of infection, right? Probably. That's a good point, right? Uh, but not it, even in battle. Just, like, remember that time I cut myself and died? <laughs> yeah. But uh, but Matt doesn't like to go to the doctors, and he doesn't yeah. like to let I Sedai heal him. Yeah, I mean I understand that. Like I think he's wrong, but like he'd have to take off his fox head to be healed. That right. is true. That's why he won't do it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Vannon is on his way back and interrupts this uh, charming scene. Yeah, before before Tuan can get the whole enchilada, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he's with Talmanis. Yeah, yeah, awesome. He found <clears throat> the band. He's brought back the band of the Red Hand. Yeah. He's like, hold on now. It's not the whole band of the Red Hand. It's just like five to 10,000 cavalry and mounted crossbowmen. No big deal. And that's like, wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) Wait, how am I supposed to pay for that? I can't gamble that much. And he's like, oh, do we? Okay, long story. We worked for the King of Mirandy for a while. We're covered on the money. (laughs) (laughs) We're flush with cash. Also, we have these these really handy crossbowmen, you know? (laughs) Yeah, we we invented a new crossbow. Shoots really fast. And that's like, oh, that's lucky, I guess. (laughs) But apparently Vannon's uh, pass is landslid through, so Matt's yes. going to have to find a way to... Very, very, uh, very sad. But there's a really interesting bit from Vannon about the mountains, where Matt's like, well, just find a new pass. And Vannon's like, no, 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 bro, there's two kinds of mountains. There's, like, Age of Legends mountains, and they have lots of passes because, like, they're from the Age of Legends and they were made good. And there's, like, new mountains that are real and you can't find a pass through them. I think it's actually the opposite. So he was saying, like, mountains that, that were ancient have eroded down, so they're, like... Le- well, they're more they're less maybe that's the real explanation but he was saying that the old mountains from the age of legends the new mountains that were created in the breaking of the world yeah. are all messed up and you can't find a pass through oh. but the old le- the mountains from before that whether it's because they're worn down like the Appalachians or whether it's because I was kind of thinking like the people of the age of legends had just made all these nice passes through them and so oh. and so what Matt had grown up used to was mountains that were really easy to go through because they're all leftovers oh I didn't even think about that yeah interesting 
which but, was an interesting high fantasy thing. But yeah, I guess these the breaking of the world mountains were like the the men going insane literally pulled these rocks up out of the earth so they're jagged and dangerous. Right. Yeah, yeah. you're saying they could have been at the bottom of an ocean. Yeah. Yeah, so they're, they're not even the mountains that we're used to, right? They're, they're brand new mountains that are probably aren't weathered very much at all. Yeah, it's very interesting. I, but I, like throughout this whole conversation, all I could think was like, this this bad luck, quote unquote, is exactly how he's going to stumble into Rand doing his thing, right? <laughs> yeah. He's going to be like, "Well, we got lost in the mountains, and here we are." Oh, hey, there's a there's some kind of uh, yeah, there's a and manor house or something. The next know. chapter seems to indicate some of that stuff happening. Yeah, and uh, I I wanted to point out that Matt does in his joy at meeting Talmanis again and and this happy reunion, he does take a time to think about how fat Vannon is and how he, uh, he looks like a total piece of crap. <laughs> Look at that piece of shit. Nobody should be able to ride like that pull, sitting on that horse. It's like, dude, come on. Vannon's cool, you know? He's like, he's, Vannon's been taken care of. You'd be nice to him. <laughs> Chapter 26. As if the world were fog. Icon of the Wheel of Time. We get a two-on chapter. Yeah, this should be interesting, you know? It's, I, I, I want to point out that even in her mind, she calls him toy. toy. Yeah, that... Which I thought was... I mean, aggravating. I mean, what else do you expect from a slaver? Yeah, I, well, it's, it's, true. Yeah. it's just that to her, that is, I, I, it's like it's like that's who he is to her, as opposed to him always thinking of her as two. He calls her precious, thinks of her as two on, right? Well, he, she doesn't respect him. You know, yeah. even after all they've been through so far, she doesn't fully respect him yet. Yeah, that's true. And so she's listening on listening in on him planning with Talmanes as they ride towards the band. Yeah, this is where they mentioned the rapid loading crossbows, and this really got me thinking. So you have a mounted ranged force that w- needs minimal training, right? Because they have these crossbows, and they don't, they're not as hard to, it's not as hard to train crossbowmen as it is to train, like, bow yeah. archers, right? So this is like, this is how you make a real military, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, in, in real history, you don't fire from uh, horseback. Right. It's, uh, they're like dragoons. as They, they ride to where the, the battle is, and they get off and fight on foot. But they're still very mobile, so it's very useful, right? Yeah. It was really, really cool seeing him as a as a military specialist from somebody else's perspective. This chapter was awesome. I know, because mm-hmm. ordinarily, like when he's doing the thinking, you're like, "Oh, you're Matt, so you're kind of a goofball," you know. But like when you see it from the outside, yeah, I, like, I'm not gonna lie, it was doing it for me. Well, t- well like, and Tuan is just like she she does not know what to make of it. Like she right. she yeah. I, I love. There's a lot of bits of how she thought about it, and it's exactly what you said, Alice. How he looks from the outside is so much cooler, than right? He inside yeah but she thinks like you know i first met him as this palace fop he fit right in there and then we're traveling with the circus he fit right in there and now he's with these military guys he fits right in here yeah this guy kind of fits in everywhere mm. yeah if he does he, he he's like he's really uh, adaptable he's highly adaptable in, in ways that i think most of the other characters are not yeah um there's a whole thing where you know like like there's all these little things where he's like like his horse gets spooked and he he leans down and talks to, talks to it and just like Oh, I guess these. I guess he really can whisper horses or whatever, you know. It's yeah, like yeah. All this stuff, you know. So at one point, Talmanes mentions a book that Matt quoted from. He's like, "What? What book?" And uh, and, he, and he's like, "Oh, you know the book by so and so." And he's like, "Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah." I realized he <laughs> he probably wrote that book, <laughs> and maybe he doesn't remember writing it. Or yeah. Something like that. He's like, "Oh yeah, I I read that a long time ago." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, the book I wrote. Yeah. Or the book somebody else wrote that I read. Yeah. Because exactly. he never read this book, right? He wrote it. Yeah, in a previous life, as I assume. Yeah. And uh, they see some long horns. Did you guys see, get that? Yeah, yeah, the long, narrow horns that they paw at the. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, hang on, real. Oh, long, the like a long the cattle, horn? Long yeah, horn cattle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, but I want to say the author of the of that book, Fog and Steel, by Madoc Comadrin, Matt Coffin. Yeah. Oh yeah, I didn't oh catch my God, that. Really? 
That name is really oh wow! I didn't even catch that. Yeah, yeah. you're totally wow. right. It's That's almost crazy. the same name. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, but you're right. They totally run into some Longhorns that they that they go around. That's a. I don't know if you're yeah. if you're not from around here, uh, which probably most of listeners are not. That's a big thing in Texas. The, the Texas Longhorn is a yeah a mascot of the local university. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're cattle with like a really unusual looking horns. You should look them up. They're they're kind of cool looking. Yeah. But apparently they run into some. Yeah. I'm then, surprised that uh, she didn't recognize them though. Because they're from Texas, I know, right? right? It's like, those yeah. are longhorns, y'all. Them longhorns. <laughs> the stars at night, all big and bright. Yeah. Even the hardest on chin. And Tom clues Tuan in about Matt being Taverin, which Tuan's just like, ah, pff, that's not a real thing. But come on, Tuan, what else explains this guy? Yeah, I mean, the, well, she, she still, I think she still does, hasn't realized what she's dealing with in Matt. You know, she's yeah. still. She's still trying to figure out what exactly he is, and it, like right. she's puzzled by him. You also, know? she's still Shan Chen. I bet Shan Chen don't have Tavera, and it's just the Empress may she live forever, and that's it. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. And there's this awesome reunion of Matt with the band. They sing him a song, <laughs> his yeah, Jack of the Shadows song. Shadow. I know. So it's like, cool. oh, and she's just like, what is going on here? Because you know, she she she's she said, you know, it's clear to her that these troops follow him and respect him, and she's like, there's. There's only a few reasons for that. And like, oh, I don't know. I couldn't, it can't be, you know. Yeah, it can't be that he's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the later, like right at the end of this, she thinks like about Matt, you know, a lion looks ridiculous when it's stuffed in a horse stable, but it's a totally different thing when it's on the high plains. And this lion is loose on the high plains. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Uh, the band also have a map maker now who's been working on Sean Chen troop placements. And Tuan is not thrilled about that, which made me th- realize that it's clear that all of her time with Matt has done nothing to change her plans yeah. or her views, which is really disappointing, actually. I, I forgot. I forgot that she's pro-invasion, pro-subjugation of the, the world. Yeah, that, that's, that's still, like, plan one for her. Like, nothing has changed, and that's a little frustrating because yeah. she's seeing all this stuff that you one would hope would cause her to, like, shake her resolve or, or change her perspective, but not so far. Yeah, and the, so Satal Anan is there, and she... She's been she's chatting with Tuan and like kind of informing her about some of what's going on. And if she is ex Aes Sedai, she's made more progress with Tuan than any of these other Aes Sedai have. I know, right? Well, yeah. it's because Tuan doesn't know that she could or could channel at any point, right? Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, yeah. But she can't channel anymore. Well, we don't think she, we don't know the story with yeah. Tuan on. Yeah, whether she was still, I think someone uh, one of our uh, listeners suggested that she may have been may have burned herself out. Mm-hmm. There's a character that was alluded to that. Uh, got burned out and it could be her but yeah, yeah that's that's interesting because you know Matt is not one of the persuader type people no. that might bring her around but Satala Nan could you know make her see things in a new light it's mm-hmm. true yeah and hopefully those, those are good signs of progress it's something we talked about before like the things that make Aes Sedai dangerous are not just their channeling right like some of some of the most interesting Aes Sedai their skills are like uh, scheming and ma- manipulation and like you know mind game stuff and if Satalanon can do any of that, then that's, you know, that's, well, that's useful. Well, my thought is, and this was based on the email somebody sent us, she burned herself out from studying the Tarangriel, but I think she is still an expert in Tarangriel, which is what they're going to need. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, a good yeah, point. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense, yeah. So Matt is back with the, his, the band, and he's back in command of the band. Um, it's really cool. Yeah. Easily, he fits into this. I miss all of his little lordling guys that follow him around because mm. the stuff that happens around him is so crazy. This conversation is so good. It's like when they're talking to Tuan, they're like, oh, you know, I think he's planning a battle. And she's like, I don't know. A battle's not going to get him out of, out of Altar. And it's like, well, then he's probably planning a war. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I love how they all know what she doesn't know yet. 
which is that this, this shit pops off when Matt's around. <laughs> They're all like, Matt's back? Okay, it's about to get real. <laughs> She's like, there's no way he could get through without being detected. And they're like, eh. <laughs> I mean, if anyone could do it, it's Matt, you know? Yeah. Like, they probably just would accidentally trip right as he's walking by or something, you know? <laughs> yeah. The Mrs. And I, Army. I remember the last time when these guys these guys all met this dude. It's when he was trying to escape the Battle of Kyrian, and he just led them into more and more badder-asser battles. Yeah. And they just got bigger and stronger. <laughs> it's like, okay, well. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very into this, like... You know, add this to the list of, of uh, sub-arcs in this book that I'm really enjoying. Yeah, this was super cool. Yeah. And hopefully, finally, this gets through to Tuon that maybe maybe there's another human being in the world deserving of respect. Yeah, we'll see. So, cut to Perrin, who is enacting his plan, finally. Yeah, so he's, he's like scouting out the Shido, he's talking to some wolves in his brain, and they're beginning the capital T, capital P plan, right? The plan. Yeah. Which is, he, he found the aqueduct, which the Shido are not taking care of. Yeah. And he's dumping a whole bunch of four crew tea in there and also sending a bunch of commandos in there. Yeah. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, just piping a bunch of infiltrators in there. I guess they're, so he says the plan is not happening for two days. So I guess these guys are going to go into the city and just hide there for two I, days. I think it's going to take them two days to get there to the oh. aqueduct. I think that's how far away they are. Man, that would, oh man, I do not envy those people. Yeah, that's why they all had like food and stuff. Uh, like strapped to them. It's gonna be dark and cold and wet in there for two days. I hope they all yep. drown. Oh man, this sounds miserable. Yeah, yeah. sounds awful. Mm-hmm. They, yeah, they send them in there. They send Sionid, the Aes Sedai, Commando Aes Sedai, who I have, I have respect for an Aes Sedai that's willing to do this. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Not true. all of them will. That's true. And Elias and a bunch of Two Rivers guys and a bunch of uh, uh, Fayil's. Uh, uh, yeah, Fayil's Kyrie and then crazy people. Taryn, right? Yeah, yeah her, the, her fake Aiel. The faux Aiel. Faux Aiel, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Files for you. It is very dramatic. They do it in the cover of darkness and stealth. Um, Pretty great. Uh, the, the Ashaman are getting very tired, so yeah, maybe, and, and yeah. I guess I guess they're being run ragged because you know this is the, they, they, there are only two of them, and this is the only way to really get around. And yeah, Aaron yeah. doesn't sleep right now, right? That's so hard. They they also like Grady in particular uh, talks about this whole slavery situation. And parents like that's someone else's problem, <laughs> you know. And and uh, I don't know. I just feel like Grady is not like convinced, really. You know, it's like okay, well, yeah. fine, but you know, come on, man, this is not cool. Yep. But Perrin doesn't care. The only thing that matters is Fayil. Eyes on the prize, murder wizard. <laughs> uh, he heads back to his camp uh, using Grady as his teleporter. Right. <laughs> and his camp is fractious, right? The Aes Sedai and the Shan Shan don't get along, obviously. Obviously. And uh, Berylane is there, and I guess Berylane and Perrin are square now. Like Berylane finally got the message. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems seems like she's finally backed off and uh, is 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 understands like the, the situation, and Perrin's a lot more comfortable for it. Yeah. But everyone else, I mean, it, it. I don't know why, but it really irritates me the fact that everyone still believes that they like hooked up the night that his wife got kidnapped or something like that, and, yeah. and everyone's like treating treating them both kind of like crap for it. And it's just like, come on, man. Yeah. Clearly, you don't know Perrin, right? Yeah, have you spoken to this guy for 10 minutes? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, Fayil? Oh, sorry. I thought you were talking about Fayil, the only thing I care about right <laughs> now. <laughs> yeah. What, did you cook me some potatoes? How are these potatoes going to get me closer to Fayil? <laughs> <laughs> I don't see any Fayil in these potatoes at all. <laughs> <laughs> and so Tylee the Shanshan is there with some news. Um, Galad and his white cloaks are on the move somewhere. Yeah, they're nearby, and uh, <laughs> I think Galad would be very happy to see his mother alive, right? I think he would. I think he would be, if if anybody knew who she was, uh-huh. I think Galad would be a useful ally. I know. 
And there's two large parties of Aiel heading towards the city of the Shido. Do we know who these are? Actually, I was trying to remember. I don't think no, I know who these no are. No idea. Okay, yeah. Uh, but before they can even th- begin thinking about that, this ripple happens. Another one of these ripples, right? Yeah. Uh, ripple in reality that feels like it's about to a, turn uh, you into fog and blow you away, right? A triple ripple. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds very unpleasant, but parents like, the ripple doesn't have foil. <laughs> not, not, not interested. Not relevant. Disregard. <laughs> And yeah, it seems like Perrin's plan is that to get the Shanshan on board, he's going to give all the wise ones, the Shido wise ones. That to is the exactly Shanshan. the plan. Uh huh. I yeah. I mean, like, okay. Again, this is something I'm very torn about because on the one hand, these Shido uh, wise ones are horrible, right? Like yeah. they are. They're they're kind of monsters. But on the other hand, like. I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know if handing him over to the Shan Chan is like something I'm real comfortable with either. It's not, that's not okay. Like, yeah, just defeating your enemy and capturing, capturing them and trading them into slavery, that's not okay. No, it's not. Uh, this this, this sub arc with Perrin, I am less fond of, actually. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not because I don't like Perrin, but because, uh, yeah, this whole situation sucks. Yeah, I, I, hope, I just hope it doesn't play out that way. Yeah, me too. Uh, you know, I'm, 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 I'm still gunning for somehow Perrin bringing the Shido in for, for Rand. Yeah. I don't know how. Good. I can't see how that's going to happen right now, but somehow. Do we know that the Shadow Wise ones can all channel? Because otherwise, how useful are they actually to the Shanshan? They can't all oh, channel, but yeah. we know that 400 of them can. Mm, okay. Uh, speaking of Fail. Yeah, so Fail also uh, is in captivity. Her forces are growing very rapidly Yeah. of, of slaves that, that are on her side. Soaring fealty to her. And yeah. uh, apparently she's uh, having, I don't know, chats with Roland about kissing games yeah roland's like just play a kissing game it's like you know the kind the kids play but you know when adults play it it's like super sexy <laughs> yeah. Come on, it's like roland. what, <laughs> what yeah. <a> dude <laughs> uh I, but i mean like i guess she's not she doesn't seem to be uh fully opposed to it i, I mean i don't know she's a little into it yeah she is yeah yeah she's yeah. like if i hang around much longer i might end up playing these kissing games with roland it's like Dude. <laughs> yeah, it's only been like 30 days. Meanwhile, yeah. Perrin, yeah, right. Right. It's been 55 days. He's yeah, been he's tying knots. knots. Oh, yeah. yeah. You mentioned that he was about to tie his 55th knot or 54th <laughs> knot. I can't remember. And then Fahil also meets Galina, who is freaking the heck out. Oh, yeah. She is unhinged at this point. Yeah, and, and they exchange some slaps. Yeah, <laughs> like you do. Right. And and Fahil notes that when she does slap her, she doesn't use the one power against her. She's like... That's weird. Yeah, that's weird. Uh-huh. Fayol put this together. Mm-hmm. But they arrange to meet, and uh, Fayol's going to hand off the oath rod because she still thinks Galena's going to help her. This is Okay, so I'm trying to like figure this out. First of all, Galena did not convey this message from Perrin that was like, when you see the fogs come, go she to did not. go into the town, right? So now Galena's saying, I'm going to meet you in the town in a day, I, right? I, I went and looked it up. Perrin's message was go to the fortress on the north side of the town uh-huh. and Galena says we're going to meet in the houses with the red flag on the south side of town oh uh, okay okay thank you that that's I was I was wondering if this was going to pan out to work but it sounds like the opposite so yeah this this is going to be a big problem <laughs> so it sounds like Perrin is going to have to chop up everybody in the town before he gets to Fail. yeah uh, I'm not sure how this is going to pan out with pan, Perrin's plan but this does not look good to me this feels like a mess yeah. Like, uh, when I say a mess, I mean parents gonna kill a bunch of people. We're like yeah. two thirds of the way done. Like, do you think? Do you think he's gonna get Fayil by the end of the book? Uh, I, so this book feels like a book of payoffs. I think that yeah, this, this could like, be the big fight at the end of the book, right? Yeah. He put the people in the aqueduct, right? That something's yeah. gonna happen, right? It's gotta happen. This book. There can't be a whole a whole book break with those people in the aqueduct. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's a real 
really cold and dark in here, guys. <laughs> Feels like maybe this should have been resolved by the end of this book. I mean, this is the end of this chapter. I mean, the end of where, what day is it? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> the, the Oathrod handoff is supposed to happen tomorrow in the timeline of the book, so yeah. it's got to happen soon, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, Imperius Plan is two days away, but we could also switch perspectives rapidly. So who knows? Yeah. All right, so we had a question from Raven who wanted to know, if you could make your own Ajas, what would their mission and colors be? Oh, well, man. So we've talked about this. There would be an artist Aja. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right, because that's, that's an obvious missing myth, missing space here, right? Like, yeah. Because if you have the one power, you have these amazing creative abilities, there's not an Aja that does that, like just makes things, right? Yeah. For whatever reason, whether... And, and especially now that... Uh, Elaine has uncovered the ability to make Tarangriel, and Egwene has uncovered the ability to make Quindalar. Like, they could turn into, like, Aes Sedai craftsmen, right? They should be, Absolutely. yeah. Yeah, and I, uh, I would make it the purple with sparkles, Aja. Mm, that's good. <laughs> I was going to say the rainbow, Aja. Like, it's just like, oh, all but that's, of But the rainbow is all of them together, right? I mean, so what? <laughs> okay, purple with sparkles was pretty good, though. Yeah, so, like, an, an artist, Aja, I think is a good one. And in a a clear like missed opportunity here because there's a lot of a lot to be gained by having an Aja whose ability, whose whole deal is making things right. Yeah. Um, any others that you can think of? I think there should be a teaching Aja. Because yeah, so, like the Browns are about knowledge, but they're not necessarily good teachers, and they usually rely on their TAs. Excuse me, they're not accepted. they're accepted <laughs> to do the teaching, which I can't imagine is great. Yeah, so. that's a, that's a good point. I mean the the, the especially now that Egwene's growing the tower with all of these new novices. It wouldn't necessarily hurt to have a, a, a dedicated force for this. You know? I think there should be, because I think that that is going to be, that's one of the worst things about the Aes Sedai is not sharing their knowledge with each other. Yeah, it's something we've complained about before. And, and I think in this particular chapter or this particular set of chapters, it was really evident how much that was a problem because yeah. Elida could have could have curtailed a lot of what's happening just by sharing knowledge, right? Like, now everyone's going to Egwene for questions about this stuff. Mm-hmm. So, that, that's another, yeah, teaching. Yeah, I wonder knowledge. what color that would be. I think it should be clear. Clear? Glass. Yeah. The glass, yeah. Aja. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I like that. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay, so what about snacks? You know, in, in Harry Potter... <laughs> the snack a, Aja? There, there, well, in Harry Potter, there's Hufflepuff, which right. is the, the house of snacks, right? Mm-hmm. So it should be a snack Aja too, right? No, because, like, cooking is for commoners. That's why they get people to for them, like Laris. Just think of all the cool stuff you can... Snacks you can make yeah. with magic. Magic cookies? Magic yeah. brownies? Yeah. Magic pastries? Yeah. <laughs> magic cakes? You could, like, you know, shape them into cool, fanciful stuff. I mean, I just feel like snacks are a missed opportunity. Fair It'd be, like, Cheeto orange... The orange and cheetos. <laughs> That's yeah. right. The there is no orange ajas. So there you uh, go. That's what I'm yeah. Yeah. And Aja dedicated to the proposition that you cannot eat just one. <laughs> <laughs> so that'd be, yeah, I, I go for the, the snack Aja. Okay. That's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's a great question. Thanks, Raven. Okay. That's it for this episode. Next time, we're going to talk about chapters 27 through 30 of Knife of Dreams. I am Jeff Lake, that's Jeff underscore Lake on Twitter. I'm Alice Sullivan, that is Blue Bonnet Cafe on Instagram. I'm Michael Sparkman, I still don't have one of those. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, please drop us a line at hello at armadillo.club. We love hearing from you. And if you ask us a question, we might answer it on air. Please share us with anybody you think will like us. Please give us good reviews wherever you got this. Please check out our Patreon at armadillo.club. Please like us in real life. We're just so likable. Until next time, the, the light, light illuminator. illuminator.